not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris, and with me as always is my happiness, my sadness, my memories, but most of all my love, my co-host, Sam. That was a very dramatic intro from where I thought we were going. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like... Wait, pew, 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 space lasers, pew, pew. I thought you were going to go along the lines of the Get Real podcast, but... Is it really real? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Our fake alternate pocket dimension podcast. Yeah. No, I, I went for I went for something heartfelt for you, bro. I hope you appreciate and it. And if we've not already gave it away, what we're we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about WandaVision. The whole season is finally wrapped. Whoa! It's done, so. and now we can choose to actually talk about it, because we didn't want to become a WandaVision podcast like we did for The Mandalorian, I think. So <laughs> we tried uh, it yeah, a bit so there's going to be spoilers, heavy oh, yeah. spoilers, so be uh, be ready for that. But we've got some news and some trailers, but first, Sam, what have you been watching this Oh, he's straight in. He's straight in. But... Uh, not much, to be completely honest with you. Uh, the what I've been watching is pretty dull this week. Um, I've not really had much of a chance. I've been back working again, uh, so I'll give you a bit of a, a backstory instead of what I've actually <laughs> been watching. So we've got to fill this segment with something, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've uh, continued on with Vikings, so that is still... I think what happens is, is when I watch a TV show, I'm not really watching much in the way of films, because yeah. there's about... Well, I thought there was only six seasons of Vikings, but then I've realised that season five was split into two halves, and then yeah. season six, the final season, is split into two halves. So essentially, mm-hmm. there's eight seasons of Vikings. So I'm on season six, but the first half now. So Okay, hopefully, so you're past me now as well. Yeah, well, hopefully next week... I can say I've watched Vikings and I've finished Vikings and I've actually watched a movie for a change. Um, mm-hmm. There has been something that's come out this week that I'll mention, um, which I think I'll probably watch. Uh, Coming to America come out. So that's on my list to watch. Coming to America. Coming to, to America. To, to, so, to America. <laughs> Coming to America. Um, that's on the Coming list to watch. To, Coming to Yorkshire. <laughs> uh and yeah i think uh, that's that's really it to be honest like i've really not watched very much um there was a documentary that i watched a bit of uh was it flint police flint something on is it on netflix um i've not heard of that one flint town oh flint town is called um well uh, the docuseries takes a look at the f- state of policing in America through the experiences of the Flint, Michigan Police Department. Um, so to kind of give you a little bit of an insight, just so it doesn't sound like any other docuseries, uh, essentially the town of Flint went through a hell of a lot of trouble Um Residents have little trust in law enforcement officials in the wake of a cover-up of a city-wide water contamination that mm-hmm. brought it into the national spotlight. Uh, filmmakers embed with FPD officers as they face infrastructure issues, decreasing resourcings, while, uh, resources while risking their lives to protect and serve the community of around 100,000 people. 
Yeah, I, re- I remember that happening. That was it was only what back uh, 2014 was it that it broke? Yeah, something like that. I mean, this and it, and it was still ongoing. I think the the court cases. Well, the actual this actually released on in March 2018. So actually, it's quite old. Um, okay. But I think maybe it's just come to. I don't know whether it's just popped onto Netflix or what have you again. Um, but it's pretty good. It's a, a very, very interesting watch. Very well filmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just an interesting look onto the other side of the whole uh, police issue that's going on in America at the minute. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's enough of my waffling. What have you been watching? I'm still on a big old anime kick at the moment, I'll be honest oh, yeah. with you. So, um, what have I been watching? I've been watching ReZero. Um which is Straight an isekai. If you don't know what an isekai Straight is, over my head it's, again. it's I think its translation is other world or other dimension. Okay. So it's basically an isekai is a series where somebody gets teleported to a new world or something like that. So in this one, like a lonely, like shut in type guy, like a nerdy guy, uh, ends up going to a fantasy world and he thinks he's going to awaken with some sort of like super magical powers and be the hero and everything. And now it doesn't turn out that way, but it turns out whenever he dies, he respawns at a checkpoint. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so some so would say, it's just him dying repeatedly to try and solve an issue. <laughs> is it a bit like Code Leo? Would you say Code Lyoko is an Izakai? I can't remember the plot of Code Lyoko. Oh, that's... Um, that's uh... Yeah, that's an, that's an old throwback. Well, that, probably. Do, do you know what is a pretty cool throwback? Speaking of Code Lyoko, because it was on um, Cartoon Network at the same time. Oh, no. Yeah, and do you remember Jetix? I do remember Jetix. I remember Jetix so that was... had a crazy... Ind- if you were up early enough to see, like, you know, before the actual channel started playing shows... And yeah. you'd have that weird kind of introduction thing where the channel wasn't yeah. active. If you were up early enough, you got treated to a big old treat of uh, the JX one, I remember. I remember yeah. it was so exciting it was, bits. It used to be Fox Kids and then it became Jetix. At least in the UK, that channel became Jetix, which yeah. was like all the same Fox Kids shows. Do you remember Shaman King? Shaman King... This was like really popular with me and my mates in school. It was like, so basically, it's an anime anyway, based off a manga. Um, and this like young kid gets the soul of like a like ancient warrior samurai in him. And it's basically like people imbued with other souls of like dead samurais, heroes, and villains. I remember and stuff like that, fighting it out. I remember the look of the character with the purple hair. Uh, which has yeah. like a big spike up the back that kind of rings a bell a little bit yeah honestly if you heard like the english intro song you would r- probably remember it because it was a fucking bop anyway sidetrack i've not been watching that but that's coming back um and i think it's launching on netflix i think in the uk wow um, weird, uh... so i think it's a complete reboot of it uh, but that's gonna be a pretty cool throwback that's pretty weird because i mean i've just done like a really quick google um and the first article that comes up was from 2006 and then the next one is someone asking where they can stream it in 2018 so there's got to be a bit of a cult following for it yeah definitely it was pretty huge um and i remember i think the anime didn't end the same way that the manga did so this is a complete reboot anyway, anyway. Uh, what else have i been watching um i just thought you might have remembered shaman king because that's a bell. something that i've forgotten about until i heard the intro and i was like 
bro, fucking Shaman King. Yeah, it's probably one <laughs> of those things of where intro. it's like it's like you go back and watch an episode and you'll be like, I remember this kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it it was like that. Um, I remembered when it started airing, and I, I would rush home after school to watch it, type thing. Um, and this was before we ever knew what anime or anything was. It was just a cartoon when we were kids. What was but that? Kind of blew my mind this week. What was the other really old cartoon? Cartoon, and it had. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. There was a, a kid who was like bald, and he had like markings on his forehead of like Shaolin Showdown. Is that Shaolin Showdown? <laughs> Shaolin I'm Showdown. Of? We talk about this like it, it, we remember it like once a year, and we're like, bro, do you remember Shaolin Showdown? Shaolin Showdown. Was <laughs> yeah, that and you. So you've got four kids. You got. Um, uh, I can't remember what the young ball kid is called. Yeah, um, and they have then the, you had like yeah, the Brazilian yeah. street dancer martial artist. Then you've got a cowboy, and then you got Kimiko, who was a Japanese like kawaii girl, but she kicked ass. And they were like capturing all these ancient kung fu relics and shit. Ah, yeah, that's I the one. Loved that show, like Cartoon Network and Jetix, like two thousand four to two thousand eight. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, <laughs> Un- unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh, oh, this was the other one that I wanted to mention. I started Pacific Rim: The Black last night because that's oh out. the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it started off really slow. I've only watched like an episode and a half, but I've heard online that it gets better as the season goes along and really starts to build momentum and it's got potential for like the future. Mm. Um. It's it's like CGI rendered like 3D, but it like when they stop moving, it looks like 2D drawn anime. Okay, so it, it it looks okay. My issue is it's like sometimes like the robots and the kaiju have like proper weight behind them, and then other times they just look like somebody throwing a toy and it's just weightless. So mm. it's, it's like a really weird imbalance. It's like you can tell when a different animator's been working on it, and it just doesn't hit the same. Ah, okay, but. Um, yeah, so I, I can't remember if you remember the trailer, but basically Sydney's fall Aust- into the kaiju. Yeah, it's in Australia based instead, isn't it? Yeah, so Australia is pretty much entirely fall into the kaiju, and these two kids of a of a couple parents who are drifters they run one of the Australian um, Jaegers. Their parents like set them into like a a little sanctuary area and like you and these kids like you survive here for a few days we're gonna go get help and come back but they never come back oh god and then years later eaten by a kaiju they find uh probably years later they find this training jaeger and copperhead one of the kaiju comes to attack so now like these kids are learning how to drift on the fly and it's all right uh, i'm gonna stick with it and hope that it builds the momentum that it says. And then finally, I finished season one of Snowpiercer last night. Nice. What did you think? Uh, yeah. I yeah. just don't care about most of the characters enough. Like, no, that's it. The just film that. just delivers all its messages so much better mm-hmm. that I'm just kind of watching the series kind of like, Ugh. and I just wanted to get to see um, Wilford. I-, I watched the first episode or maybe two episodes of season two as well so yeah. i've finally seen sean bean um and i wondered how they were going to do it like how are they going to bring him back because in season one they mentioned that he's in the drawers or until like the last scene of season one and there's a, an, another fucking train <laughs> yeah yeah um, 
just out of nowhere. So he's not in the drawers. He's on a different train with uh, Melanie's daughter. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was trying to figure out in my head. I was like, how do they bring? How do they overthrow first class? And then Sean Bean comes in, and he's now the owner of the train and the antagonist. Mm-hmm. If like, how do they reset the status quo to zero? But they didn't. They left it sort of like one event goes straight into the other, and they left it sort of unresolved. So I, get, I, I thought that was interesting because I was thinking going into it, I was like, how are they going to justify the next story arc after this? Mm-hmm. But the way they just sort of like flowed it one into the other instead of like setting up a status quo and then like you can't then go back into having a class system to overthrow again. No. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a bit more interested in it now that season two's come about. and mm-hmm. But I still don't really care about the characters. I mostly just want to see Sean Bean and Sarah, uh, uh, um, Jennifer Connolly. I just yeah. want to see those two before all the other characters. I think the biggest problem with uh, Snowpiercer, especially season one, is that it introduces far too many characters like earlier on. And you end mm. up getting the whole Game of Thrones syndrome, which is basically there's that many different characters going on that you kind of can't keep track of who's who. And Vikings suffers from that a little bit, but thank God Amazon Prime has the uh, that X-ray <laughs> feature. So when yeah. someone comes on, I'm like, oh, hang on, who's that person? And I'm like, oh, he's a Lothbrook. Right, okay, that's fine. So I know who it yeah. is, yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, yeah. Cool. Except for in Game of Thrones, you give a shit about the characters when they die, and during like the last two episodes of season one, where they're overthrowing everyone, and there's just characters dying left, right, and center. I'm like, who the fuck was that guy? Why are they making this some poignant moment? I don't know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, literally. Right, shall we move on? We shall. Oh, uh, also, by the way, Ryan the Last Dragon came out this week. Did you? Oh, well, you would have said if you got around to watching it. Uh, I've not, but maybe we talk about it next week. Well, I was thinking, yeah, we can talk about it next week, but I just wanted to talk about the red carpet, segueing into the news. Okay, let's As do the newsy news. Um, did you see anything from the red carpet of this? Uh, I didn't. Did they have a red carpet? Because of... They did a virtual red carpet. My God. So, <laughs> um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. Kelly Marie, Marie Tram. Yeah, that's the one. Did you watch I, I, The Last what, Jedi? Did you watch The Rise of Skywalker? I, I did, and like that's what I thought her name was, but I didn't want to butcher it and get it wrong, so I was like, I'm going to Google it to make sure I don't butcher it, but you you confirmed that I was right. Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so she's voicing Raya anyway, so she was the only one that I really saw anything from the red carpet of, but they did like a virtual red carpet, so she's walking along like a green screen red carpet almost. But her outfit, like she was like... I'm back, bitches. Like, you know how she got, like, bullied off the internet? Yeah. Like, she's back in a big way now. Like, that outfit, she had, like, this huge, like, crown, like, angelic headpiece and everything. A huge dress and everything. Like, they made this about her. Which, like, she's only, what, the second Asian lead in a Disney film, I guess? Mm -hmm. In, in, like, one of the Disney princess arcs, I guess. We've had Big, uh, Big Hero 6. Um... So, like, they made it, like, a big deal about, like, the Asian heritage and everything like that. And they even got some of the previous uh, Disney princesses and they got Ming-Na Wei, who voiced Mulan, to, like, make her a nice little video introducing her to the Disney princess family and everything like that. Oh, So she was getting all emotional. It looked like they put a hell of a lot of effort in. Considering they weren't allowed to do anything, what they managed to do was really nice for it. Um... 
and it, it kind of like softened the blow of this film being moved to streaming and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool um, very cool. I wanted to watch it last night, but I didn't get time to watch it. So, yeah, I think we should cover that next week. Yeah, sounds good. We will talk about that next week. Uh, do you want to blast us with some more news that you've yeah, got? Yeah, I certainly will blast you with some news. Are you ready? You got your, got I'm your ready. Just up. blast me. Just blast me with that news. Get my new shotgun out. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do our own sound effects with our voices because we've not got the same uh, production quality <laughs> as our... Sister podcast, the Get Real Gaming podcast, which you should go check out if you haven't already. Um, Get Real Gaming. They do. That is where all the budget goes. That's where (laughs) all of our production budget goes. Uh, Yeah, so my other thing is really just a couple of small little stories and bits and drabs and stuff from the week. Um, Have you seen... I shared this, but did you have a little look at that Duel of Fates comic that somebody's made? No, I didn't. So... At the moment of us recording this on Sunday evening, so the day before it goes out, uh, which is my favourite time to record the podcast, <laughs> uh, we have the ability right now to see a comic book artist's rendition of the Colin Trevorrow uh, Star Wars script that never came out. So we actually did an episode mm. on this. It was like one of our first few episodes, I believe. Uh, yeah, like three or four, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like way, way, way earlier on. And there was a. If you're a Star Wars fan, you probably already know what we're talking about when we say Duel of the Fates. Uh, if not, go mm-hmm. back to episode six. That was the episode we talked about oh. it. It felt earlier than episode six. Mm. But yeah, so basically, someone's adapted it and they've done the first issue in color, and then the other issues completely in like black and white. Um, but like I say, it adapts it so you can like almost like experience it as though it was a, a film but in a comic. So I'll be honest with you, it's pretty good. Um, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. <laughs> I will share where you can see that right now. Um, if it is not up anymore, unfortunately, it's probably been taken down by Disney. Um, yeah. But you can go to a wine sure. garner. A wine garner. So a w i n e g a r n e r dot squarespace dot com forward slash jewel dash of dash the dash fates <laughs> uh yeah that's it i'm sure it'll live on on the internet somewhere yeah someone's like, already probably, somewhere where disney can't find it somebody will have it on a hard drive somewhere yeah someone's already probably like saved all of it and put it into like a a PDF just or looping it around the internet on different VPNs so Disney can't find it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and then the other story is that we've had a couple of more behind the set photos of Thor Love and Thunder. And yes, have you have. seen Natalie Portman? She is jacked, isn't she? Yeah, she is jacked up for the role. I don't know whether like, it's just the lighting on the she's... photo, but it she's totally jacked up for the role. No, you can tell like her arms are definitely bigger, but also the position she's stood in as well, like sort of like shoulders forward, just sort of like <laughs> Yeah. But doesn't it kind of make you excited? <laughs> Bro, do you know what gets me more excited is the fact that we've just had a set video leak. A set video? From yeah, so somebody's like filmed something from the set. So you know, in I believe it's Norway in the film where Odin died. You know, at the rock on the side of those cliffs. All right, okay. So the new Asgardians have now made like an entire shrine there to Odin, and it looks 
like so we've got a video of natalie portman on like a blue screen rig like being like pulled up into the sky and like almost looks like she's being like possessed but she's probably being imbued by power oh you can see the person in the blue morph suit holding her up by her feet yep (laughs) yep and then if you scroll down underneath that we've got another tweet which is like better quality images so we can see one of the shrine showing obviously the rock that they sat on with odin when he passed away and then there's like an altar with like a like a um, glass bubble over the top of it which i'm guessing is going to be some sort of asgardian magic because mm. it's not in the next shot we've got a close up of jane foster looking over it and it looks like the shards of mjolnir because that's where mjolnir was broken and left so i wonder if she's going to try and pick up the handle and mjolnir is going to reforge for her or something maybe when she like picks it up that's when she starts like freaking and gets all that oh yeah it looks good though Ooh, that's a good hot take that bro Mm. Uh, we also had a couple shots of we've got a full look of the at least the on-set rigs for um the goats so we've got two of them confirmed we've got like a blackish gray one and we've got the white one mm. so uh what were they called like tran tran tri- yep, tri- something Grun- something nordic something and, nordic yep yep <laughs> um but yeah 100 percent confirmed that both of them are in it so I don't know, maybe we'll see Thor on a giant space sled? Goat theories. <laughs> you could say that in this film he will be the goat. The greatest of them all. Yeah. Of all. Of all of them. Greatest of... Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. <laughs> there you go. I'm clearly not down with the, uh, the hype beast lot or whatever. Um, uh, right, there's a few trailers that have dropped before we move on to WandaVision. Do you want to cover them off? Yeah, um... Space Jam 2 got a 24-second LeBron James and Don Cheadle explaining what the plot's going to be, but I didn't watch it with sound, so I don't know. <laughs> right, we have you, a just couple watched, of set you just photos. watched a video of LeBron James and Don Cheadle talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I caught about five seconds. I was like, I'll check that out later. I didn't check it out later. Amazing. Um, but we've had a couple set photos from that come out as well. It looks like they're almost in the internet. It looks like the WandaVision end credits. Okay. Um, so I I don't know if that's how they're gonna get like the new version of being in the cartoon town, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, trailers. So the one that I don't want to talk about much is Thunder Force. This is coming straight to Netflix, starring Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. They are clearly middle-aged women who get superpowers. Great. It doesn't look that funny to me. Um. That's all you need to know. Uh, Melissa McCarthy has super strength and Octavia Spencer can turn invisible. Very good. Um, Then we had an interesting trailer for Voyagers. Have you seen this one? Uh, I watched this one, yes. So this is Colin Farrell, right? Uh, Yeah, Colin Farrell is in it, yeah. Um, What's the name of the guy that made it? Something Burger, like Nigel Burger or something, I want to say. Nigel Burger. It started playing. What's it? What's his name? Scrolling down, uh, Neil Berger. Very. Cool. I think Nigel Berger is a better name. <laughs> yes, I like now Nigel Berger. That's what we'll call him from now on. Anyway. Nigel Berger. Um, so yeah, this stars Colin Farrell and Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One. Yeah. So what I took away from this is 
It's people being sent into space, and it looks almost like the Stanford Prison Experiment mixed with like Spring Breakers. Okay, <laughs> is what it looked like for me. So it's like they start taking substances, or they're like adapting to space, and it's sort of like the mental journey, and like them are when you're left to like a new environment and it's just people existing do they go back to the sort of like their base instincts so they're like trying to like um experience things for the first time and everything feels heightened because they're in space and everything i've got a synopsis here um with the future of the human race in danger a group of young men and women bred for enhanced intelligence to suppress emotional impulses embark on an expedition to colonize a distant planet when they uncover disturbing secrets about the mission, they defy their training and begin to explore their most primitive natures. As life on a ship descends into chaos, they're consumed by fear, lust, and the hunger for power. Bloody human, human problems. So we had loads of like quick intercut shots of like National Geographic's like animals, like basic instincts and like killing and stuff like that, mixed with very erotic looking images, and then like <laughs> people electrocuting themselves to try and feel stuff. Obviously, like if they're suppressed emotionally, they're like trying to unlock their inner humanity. I guess mm-hmm. um, it looks bizarre, um, but in a cool way. So I'm definitely going to be checking this out. Mm. Uh, that comes out on April 9th. Um, is this one coming to Amazon? No, I don't believe it is. Uh, I don't know where we're going to be able to view this. Probably some dodgy website. <laughs> that we definitely don't condone. We don't endorse, yeah. but probably. Okay, <laughs> the one that is coming to Amazon Prime, though, is Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, starring... Michael B Jordan. Hell yeah. Seen I'm so this. glad to see him lead in like a film like this. This looks like so cool for him to do. He is a injured man on a run. He's been it's kind of like his version of like a taken like revenge film almost, but it's it's Tom Clancy, guy who wrote Rainbow Six and Splinter Cell and all them sorts of shenanigans, so it's Jack, gonna be cool. And Jack Ryan. Uh, Jack Ryan, yeah, Jamie Bell's in there. Who else was in the trailer? I can't remember off the top of my head. April 30th, it comes to Amazon Prime. A former Navy SEAL uncovers a large conspiracy uh, while avenging his wife's murder. Yeah, so you've got, like, some undercover, like, stealth, fucking uber-powerful, like, military off-the-books guys come break into his home, nearly kill him, but they kill his wife. So now he is like on a revenge plot. But bro, have you seen this trailer? I have. That bit where he sets fire to that like head of the CIA's car and then he just fucking walks into the burning car and <laughs> he's just there like, You're fucking locked in this car, surrounded by fire with me, you can answer some fucking questions. I was like, <laughs> yeah. bruh. Brutal. <laughs> I was like, this is what Michael B. Jordan has been needing to do, but there's some awesome shots like where he dives into the water and he's in like full stealth Navy SEAL mode and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Bro, I am excited. Oh, it's um, from Iron Man 3, Guy Pierce. That's his name. Guy Pierce is in this. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah, this looks fucking dope. Um, and it's coming to Amazon as well, so you can watch it for free. So, Oh, we finally got a trailer for Shadow and Bone. That's the one that I forgot to check out. That's a Netflix series. It's sort of like a 
fantasy-esque series coming to Netflix. Cool. Um, I forgot to watch that trailer, but the trailer's out for that. Check it out. And then Um, we had another trailer for... um, It's literally just dropped... What's it called? Nomadland? We had a featurette for Nomadland? This is another featurette. We've been getting a few of these every week because they are pushing this for every award this season. Mm -hmm. So these featurettes are sort of like the... um, for your consideration so they're pushing these out to like garner more hype around the film so that it'll be in more people's minds when they vote in for say the oscars or the golden globes and stuff like that mm. um i started doing like proper like philip defranco hands when i was like, explaining that then <laughs> you know like when you proper talk with your hands yeah <laughs> um yeah and we also got a quick 30 second trailer for um falcon and the winter soldier which drops in two weeks now which is so excited um it seems like the american government are like pitching this whole thing like avengers most of them be dead now uh we need new heroes so here's the new government sanctified hero and that's probably how we're going to get u.s agent and it's sort of it shows a lot more of the relationship between bucky and falcon uh, bucky and falcon yeah bucky and falcon. falcon and the winter soldier you mean yeah um Yep, I, I said the Winter Soldier and Falcon, <laughs> but you know, um, it seems like more footage of them sort of bonding a lot more and a lot more of the camaraderie between them, as opposed to the previous trailers have sort of showed them butting heads. This one was called nicknamed Coworkers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. That's right. that's trailers for this week, bro. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, talking about Marvel TV series, shall we talk about One Division? I think we should. Okay, right. We're going to try and stay spoiler-free. Um, this whole thing is just full of spoilers. Like, I found that when we were trying to like talk about something to do with it, it was quite hard for us to like <laughs> avoid talking about it amongst ourselves at all without spoiling anything. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're like, okay, is everybody in this group chat watched it? Okay. Have we? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Because otherwise, it's like, bro, that thing. You know. You know where? Yeah. Like, bro, that that was cool. That wasn't it. That uh, when, bro. <laughs> yeah. The only thing we were talking about was when there was a post credit scene, and it was like, you need to stay and watch the post credit scene, and then let us know once you've watched it all. Yeah. And that was pretty much it then. Uh, right. Let us start. At the very beginning, we did talk about this on first impressions, so we won't need to, to retread won't need to retread everything that we talked about at the beginning. So I've kind of uh, got a couple of talking points for it. So uh, re- recapping first impressions, how do you feel it started? To how do you feel it ended? Like, did you feel like the payoff that you got, and without talking about the ending, really, what do you feel like it was going where it was going? Or do you? Did, how did you think it was going to start? Like from from your first couple of episodes. So, I think thinking back now, it feels like two very different shows from the yeah. beginning to the end. Yeah, and I don't just mean like it started out as a black and white sitcom and it ended the way they ended. I mean like it feels completely disjointed, but in a good way. Like that was the intention that they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell that throughout, like from starting what's episode three, I think it was. Like you had the distinct definitions between aspect ratios, so you know, like what was like what Wanda wanted us to see, and what was really happening in the real world, and everything like that. Yeah. Um. So it was meant to feel like two different things merged together. Um. 
like the name is two different names merged together like the whole thing was like it's a reality inside of a reality type thing yeah um so yeah it felt like a completely different show did it end the way that i expected in a couple ways yes largely no i feel like the rug was definitely pulled out from under us on a lot of things yes um yeah. But I think that was them playing on their expectations of what the fans would do. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really smart what they were able to accomplish by doing that. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are disappointed, but I think they'll eventually come around and realize that what they had in their heads was not what this was. Yeah. Um, sort it. of similar thing to like The Last Jedi type thing. Well, the, the thing is, is it's a TV series, right? So this this TV series is when it's called Wanda Vision, and you think that Wanda and Vision are the focus of the series. They are, and nothing is really going to distract you from that, apart mm-hmm. from the side story of probably the third most, fourth most important character um, in the form of Monica Rambo. Um, yeah. But the the it doesn't. If, if spoilers there isn't a big cameo there is but there isn't right <laughs> there isn't the yeah. cameo you're expecting to happen happen there's not an earth shattering reveal at the end and i feel like there's like, not a deus yeah. ex machina at the end which everyone was expecting like if there was it would have totally have undermined the story being about mm-hmm. wonder and vision and as i got towards the end of it and i thought to myself Hmm, if there is an earth-shattering cameo now, doesn't it kind of under underrate all the hard work that Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen has been putting into this, and just that how much was... she's kind of dragged it, like how much she's kind of carried it on carried her back? It. You know what I mean? Yeah, that for me was as soon as episode eight started, and we saw more of an interaction between Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn, and as soon as I saw those two in like a more impactful scene together instead of just like the jovial neighbor type thing that for me i was like i don't want this like deus ex machina to happen like i want this to be what's happening because otherwise it would have undermined both of their performances because they were incredible in those last few episodes yeah Uh, it would have undercut the entire message they were going for because this film actually has something to say as opposed to most of the mcu films like you you have very few it's like captain america winter soldier and civil war and then this is really the only three things that i can think have like a deep meaning behind them mm. um so if they had have pulled out um like a deus ex machina this like otherworldly evil type thing is the whole macguffin behind everything then it would have undercut the emotional journey of the season. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, what else? There's. I had a th- I had a thought then, and as as what usually happens is like my <laughs> mind goes blank when I'm thinking about it. Um, I think it's it's hard, isn't it, really, to talk about this because I do feel like the people were expecting a massive cameo to happen, and I feel like that's more off the back of everyone speculating while the episodes were coming out 
to then not having that that payoff at the end. What I was going to say, what I was going to say, just in case before I forget mm-hmm. again, sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, but um, to kind of move us on so we can start getting into the, the meat and bones of it and get into spoilers so we can talk about more specific things that happen and get our thoughts on it um and talk about it because we've not talked about this really in depth at all we've uh, kind of spoke about it to each other away from the podcast but not really under the microphone um but in terms of this uh series it is the first in a new line of um obviously marvel shows this is like the first one versus what we had from like obviously we had luke cage we had daredevil we had the punisher you had uh, agent carter but this feels almost like a, a a rebirth of the marvel the mcu tv or the mtvu mtvu marvel <laughs> it is marvel cinematic television universe. Universe. Yeah. um this was a cinematic series, considering it, it was yeah, a series. Yeah, like it felt so cinematic. I think just having that Marvel intro at the beginning does a big deal of like kind of getting you into that mind frame where it's, you feel. It's like, like when yeah. we said with the last four episodes of um, Clone Wars having the Lucasfilm intro. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it adds prestige to it, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, and just quality wise. Um, yeah, I guess quality wise, like it felt like you could if if you'd watched this all in one go, the only reason it probably didn't feel like something that could have been in the MCU is probably because it was finished before it you you were really getting into it. I think that was probably my only criticism of WandaVision is that I just wish the episodes were a bit longer. Yeah. I feel like they would have made good use of the time. Like we saw with the last few episodes were what we had 35 minutes plus post-credits, and then we had 45 minutes plus post-credits. I would say that that's probably a little bit generous. I was chatting with Richard about this, and I just felt like the outro credits for WandaVision just took way too long to get through. Yeah, they did. Like the same thing that happens with The Mandalorian is that at the end, there's like additional credits at the end that go on for quite a Mm. while so it kind of almost like masks how long the episodes actually are because when you look at the time of it and you have um you have like an hour long episode right it says it's an hour but you've got the, the show probably stops at about 37 minutes and then you've got a credit scene and then you've got your post credits scene and then you've got more credits. So yeah. that's probably like my one thing is that although they did the credits to be like artsy and and stuff like that, maybe just, you know, they don't have to be that long. I think they would have probably have benefited from having them feel a little bit longer because without talking about the specifics of it, and I don't know whether you agree, but it felt like that second to last episode was just a like a huge like it felt like it was just getting started yeah so that's what i was about to say like the the episodes were like at most like 35 to 40 minutes worth of content in those last like couple episodes and they could have easily have filled like an hour long slot because they didn't waste any second that they had and i feel like sometimes a certain a certain shows could do with being chopped down to get rid of fluff in an episode but i don't think they would have wasted that extra time so no. they could have explored more things 
um like you said like instead of like it did mask how long the episodes were um and yeah like you said episode eight felt like like this was like the second act about to go into the third act and we could have done with a bit more of that um yeah, yeah. but there is also a positive side of they didn't waste a single second of screen time that they had. Um, there was always something propelling the plot forward. There was nothing. They couldn't get lazy at any point. Yeah, and I feel like sure. there's probably more of this on the cutting room floor and they could have had longer episodes, but maybe they felt that it flowed and carried the story. Um, yeah. It might work better if you watch it in bulk now. Um so that you're not waiting every week. Like, sometimes when you only get half an hour, like, not even half an hour of content, and then you've got another week to wait, and it was always leaving on a cliffhanger, you were like, oh, shit. Like, I've, like it, it felt hard every week waiting for it. Yeah, and did, does that, like, thinking about that, would you have rather have had the whole entire thing drop in once, or would you would rather have had it come out weekly like it did do? Um, I think... If it dropped all at once, we wouldn't have had all the wild speculation and a lot of people's like hopes and dreams wouldn't be shattered like they're making it out to be on some parts of the internet. Like I'm seeing like it's ninety nine percent positive, but I'm seeing like one percent of people just there like, Oh, why why did they lie to us like that? Why did they make us believe this? Blah blah blah. And if it was dropped all in one go, they wouldn't have had chance to get these wild speculations out there. Because it mm. would have just been like on day one they would have binged the whole thing. And they wouldn't have had time in between each episode to like hyper analyze everything. But I loved all the hyper analyzation, even though a lot of it didn't come true. Mm. I still loved the journey that like the fan base took together with me being like such like a big part of like watching all that on YouTube and everything. Um, also, it it meant that I didn't burn through it in one day. If I had burnt through it in one day, it might have like three weeks later and might not have been as interested in it yeah um maybe they could have maybe dropped it like two episodes at a time because i liked yeah i liked week one when we had two episodes to watch in one go yeah two episodes at a time might be an intro it it's not something that we ever really see but it would be interesting to see that just make one longer episode and have less episodes (laughs) well yeah i guess that's what you'd have it would almost be a bit strange dropping two episodes at once Mm-hmm. But I guess it, it it's it's kind of like a lesser of two evils either way you do it because if you drop it all at once, you have the thing of like rushing through it. And although you have that journey and you're like, yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. But you have all that time in between where you can think about what's going on and speculate and go online and chat with people and we can chat or what's going to happen, mm-hmm. who's that going to be? But then because you allow people to do that people get their hopes up and don't you know don't amend their expectations in line because the mcu has always been big one for cliffhangers and revealing people and it did that a little bit but you teased people by doing that one thing that nobody saw you doing and then that kind of set the bar for the ending you know what i mean um so yeah it's a tough one um yeah, I, I think did, it's a lesson yeah. to fans of like fan uh, expectations. Like yeah. you're not the one making the show at the end of the day, so don't be pissed off that they haven't done everything that you had in your hopes and dreams. Like yeah. this is somebody else's story to tell. Like yeah, they faked us out with a lot of stuff, but did that not make it kind of like we'll talk about this in like more spoilers, but 
I loved the rug being pulled out from under us all yeah. because it made us focus on what was actually happening in the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, how excited does this have you for Falcon Winter Soldier and the future of MC? Oh, I mean, uh, well, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be good, right? All I'm going to say is that this has made me very excited for Loki in particular. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So this, I was, I was discussing this earlier today. This didn't feel like an MCU production as much. This felt like like a side story. This felt like the art house side of what the MCU could be. Like it had a meaning behind it all. It was an emotional journey rather than an adventure, like most Marvel films are. Whereas Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably going to feel like an MCU movie. Yeah, and it even looks like that, like the way that it's all been shot and shown in the trailers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping Loki leans more towards um, One Division and less towards Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, th- I think there's yeah. definitely space for both of them, and I'm going to love Falcon and Winter Soldier just as much. But it's going to be a different type of thing. It's going to be more like a return to the MCU, whereas this was like a side step around the MCU. Yeah, I think that what you'll probably have is like WandaVision and Loki will kind of be on the same level in terms of spectacle. And then you'll probably find that like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye will probably be like the same in terms of like the vibe, the mood, the action, how it flows. Uh, And also Ms. Marvel's probably going to be like a a kind of maybe a split between the two. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is like the like. One division and Loki are probably going to scratch like the storytelling side of like what you want from it, whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be the action set piece of a superhero film. Yeah, sound right. Um, shall we get on to spoilers and talk yes. about things that are actually happening and happened? Yes, because a lot of things happened. Okay, right. I'm <laughs> spoilers. Gonna, I'm going to guide. Go us, watch it. I'm going to guide us through this just to kind of keep you on rails because I know what you're like. <laughs> You'll love to just go off on a tangent and uh, talk all about this. So I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to play show host now. Yep. So that I can keep Chris on the rails. Definitely. He knows what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Go. Go watch it. Uh, and then also come back if you've uh, not watched it and uh, listen to the rest of our thoughts. So here is your official spoiler warning. Time code in the description. Should have said that up top, but here we are. Right. So let's first talk about, because when we watched First Impressions, we watched the first two episodes, right? So we had the first two eras. So what did you think of the different eras that we went through? I I really enjoyed the way... They played with it. So when we sort of started to see like the 80s sitcoms and stuff like that and how they were breaking away from the formula, once we saw it from the outside, they were willing to sort of like break the formula and like how we saw them arguing while the credits were trying to roll over the top of them and stuff like that. Mm. And like, like the way they started to break the formula of these shows was really interesting to me. Um and just as I thought they were stepping away from it, we had that we had the the episode with Quicksilver Pietro in it, um, which went back to the sitcom, but they were more willing to break it because at that point, like the the veil had started to slip. Yeah. Um. So I loved the way they played around it. Like they broke expectations by just like straight up doing like a sitcom in the first two episodes. Yeah. And then they revealed that it was all a fake, and then they just started to mess with it more from there. Which, just so I don't, like, 
let you finish what you're saying and then I, I'll forget where, where I wanted to like say something. No, yeah, you say something. Um the the whole thing of um Oh damn it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. What that was, was so quick. Was we we, we saw the memory go. I was that's why I was like, yeah, but 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 um no. Oh yeah, I remember now. So the thing I was gonna say is that those first two episodes really kind of com- like confused people out and i think that like to agree with what you said i think that shows in the reviews as well when you look mm-hmm. at a lot of the reviews for one division it is like way up there now it's like 98 percent, 89 percent uh rotten tomatoes um it's uh 8.3 out of 10 on imdb oh actually no it's just gone up 91 percent on rotten tomatoes we had a live update then wow um but um, looks yeah, in terms of like Google reviews, just that's what I look at for like I look at for stuff sometimes. There's quite a lot of one star reviews and when you read through them, it's a lot of people being like a bit alienated by what the first couple of episodes were and they were like I'm really confused. This wasn't what I was expecting. This isn't MCU. Um I clearly didn't watch the trailers for this. <laughs> well, this is what I mean. I think it was a lot of that. Um, and I think that's kind of probably they probably like, a couple of people probably like trailed off and then have probably been told by friends and stuff now that it's got towards the end. You should definitely go back and watch it because it's really good. Um, Again, I love that. That's managing expectations. Yeah, I loved um, the what's that guy you always watch on YouTube? What's what's his what's the uh, the channel called? New Who? Rockstars. New Rockstars. Yeah, I knew you'd know the one, bro. Um, fucking yeah. Eric Voss. Eric Voss <laughs> did a really good like he predicted what the next um, advert was going to be. The adverts during all yeah, the yeah, eras. Yeah. Um, that was an amazing parallel that I didn't. That's even... the only thing he got right. <laughs> Yeah, the like an amazing parallel that I didn't even realise when I was watching it because the Lagos thing I didn't even tweak. I didn't even like tweak on what that was. It didn't even like twig that that was what happened in Civil War right at the beginning. Yeah, the beginning, yeah. Yeah, and then when you when you think about it and the way he like dials it all back and says that this is representing this and this is representing that and how the shark ended up being a representation of Agatha all along. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, um was was really interesting. So it was yeah. it was it was great the way he called it. It was like like wh- how did advertising to housewives change like and join daytime TV and stuff like that. It was like the next one like it was all about like the medication and like 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 the doping of essentially the general American household, like getting everyone hooked on pills during the early 2000s and stuff, which was like obviously all these shows like The Office and Modern Family that was referencing, it was around that time. So it was like, it's probably going to be some like anxiety, depression medication, and it fucking was. And the way they did that to like hit home, that was like the point where it's like, this is what the story is and this is what you're going to have to deal with. Like we're selling you like... This entire series is Wanda's little anxiety pill. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. It was um it was good. Like he was like, Oh, would they go there with that? Would they you know, it's quite it's quite recent, would they risk it? And when mm-hmm. they do, I'm like, Yes, that's the that's like exactly what you would do. It um, was the yeah. only thing that he got right though, because we were all 
100% on board that Mephisto train. Oh, well, yeah, I was <laughs> all over that Mephisto train. And that is actually the next thing we were going to talk about, the Quicksilver thing when it happened. Yeah. Um, wow, what an... Like, I freaked, man. When it turned out to be Evan Peters' Quicksilver. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? What an absolute move. What a ballsy move. And... I, again, like people like had to manage their expectations after that, but that was a deliberate fake out. Yeah, like that was again just like like all the hints to Mephisto and like the devil and the details and stuff like that. And we had a feeling that Agatha had some sort of like like something to do with her conceiving the kids and stuff like this. Um, and then we had the Quicksilver reveal. It was all to pull the rug out from under us afterwards and be like that's not what this is about. This is about, like you said earlier, this is about Wanda and Vision. This is about Wanda's grief and trauma. And the fact that they stunt casted, like, that's what, like, the cameo was. Like, and also, that headline was grossly, like, warped. Like, all the headlines was, Elizabeth Olsen has said there's this amazing cameo in the finale. No, if you go back and, like, watch that interview, they said... Is there any sort of casting that you were amazed by and can't believe that it's not leaked yet? Mm. And she was like, yeah, there's like some insane casting in it. So people took that as, oh, she said there's an insane cameo. And then they started twisting it and saying, oh, it's in the finale. Yeah. So now that people are like, where's this amazing Doctor Strange cameo or whatever we were expecting? It's like, no, the cameo was Evan Peters. Mm. pretending to be Quicksilver, even though he wasn't Quicksilver. And then like the whole Paul Bettany saying there's this yeah. actor that he always wanted to work with, and he's said now it was himself, well, which was, was so fucking funny. Himself. It was absolutely himself. It was so great, and like the fact that he's confirmed it now, he's like, yeah, it was myself. But yeah. the director even said, I think, just before episode 8 went out, um, he was saying, I hope people like what we've done here. It's not what you're expecting. Um, and it's probably not this big twist at the end that... Oh, well, it is like a twist. I can't remember how he worded it, but he was basically it was basically him trying to say, it's like, yeah, we're not going to have some big epic Hellfire showdown against Mephisto. It's going to be an introspective finale, which yeah. it was. Yeah, and I think the big things people were expecting were Mephisto, uh, Mr. Fantastic, and Doctor Strange. I think yeah. they were the big three that people were like hanging on for. Because there was that whole... that. I mean, they totally knew what they did. Because when they said, oh, there's that aerospace engineer that, that I That was know. the only one that never got picked up on, I don't think. Like, yeah, that like, was like... They didn't get some sort of resolve to it. Yeah, and there's and then that the arm the FBI army turn up with a with a jeep. It's like that was a little bit of a, even if even just a name drop. You know what I mean? Even just the mention the name, mention a name of someone, and yeah. just tease everyone, or mention a building, mention mention the Baxter back, building uh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, or just mention something that 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 just satisfies it and. That bit, that one mention was just the one little bit where I was like, ah, you could have done something there. Yeah, you know, because when she met up with him, like she said, she was texting a he uh, over the hill, and then when they went over the hill, they were met by a female operative, and she was wearing a sword uniform. I reckon they were the members of Sword that had left Sword. 
you know, because um, Haywood said that he's got a few like aerospace engineers and stuff that are like leaving him. Mm. I think that's what who that group was were the ones who weren't on Haywood's side about like nuking an entire fucking sea. Well, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like the fact that we didn't get a resolve on who this aerospace engineer was. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are disappointed that it's not introduced mutants. Um, it's not fully set up the multiverse and everything. But I think it's set up Wanda's progression in the thing. Like everyone needs to remember this is about Wanda. Yeah, exactly. Like, I loved the rug pull. It's like, the big bad isn't some, like, Deus Ex Machina fucking um, demon from another... Yeah, you like referencing that, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's the only way I can, like, define it in my head is, like, a MacGuffin or a Deus Ex. Like, it's not going to be, like, this last-minute heel turn of the bad guy was the devil all along. It's like, no, sometimes trauma is the biggest villain in people's lives. Like, this is wonder like the biggest threat to her right now is her own trauma and how she deals with it and the fact that agatha was just piggybacking off that was like so good because it gave Catherine hahn a chance to shine instead of her just being a henchwoman because that would have undercut like especially like because this was a female-led series with uh katherine hahn monica rambo um and you've got uh wonder in there as well you've got vision carrying a heavy amount of weight in there as well paul bettany was fantastic but these three women like carried this show they were fantastic and darcy as well yeah and let's talk about that really quick before we before you you mentioned a lot of topics there that i wanted to (laughs) touch on but yeah in terms of Catherine hahn she was you know turning out to be agatha harkness we all kind of knew that it was either going to be mephisto or Agatha Harkness, or it was going to be one or the other, or both of mm-hmm. them together. Um, but yeah, she was wicked. I liked how they gave her that little bit of backstory in one of like the third to last episode after the uh, it was Agatha all along bit. Yeah, um, I liked how it then went back and touched on all the other parts, and you always you always knew something was up, and you knew something was up pretty much from when she started turning up and not reacting to wanda using her powers yeah um, but then obviously it had that bit where vision like finds her in the car and then kind of it's almost as though she's under the control but then what's she doing there and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. um i really liked how they played on that um i liked how they tied her up for the for the season as well I liked how they didn't really leave anything you know going that last bit of like the last episode where she basically imprisons her within herself um, to be the nosy neighbor from then on. Catherine Hahn's performance then, like when you see her transform, you can see like her eyes are separate from the rest of her body. She's like got tears in her eyes. Like you can see Agatha trapped inside, like locked in syndrome almost. Yeah. Like, like the complexity of how do you depict somebody inside of somebody else and like you've got this. Like, that performance just, at the end, blew my mind the way she did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Monica Rambo, that was an interesting turn, given her powers, setting her up for uh, Captain Marvel 2, our secret invasion. I think it's going to be both. Uh, we know she's definitely going to be in Captain Marvel 2. That's probably when we're going to see her superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, more. She might also be in Miss Marvel a bit, but yeah, I think she's... I think it was setting up her appearance in Captain Marvel 2, but also Secret Invasion as well. I think it was both with the scroll at the, at the end. Oh, I also forget to mention, because in her first couple of episodes, they 
show more about the snap and uh, yeah. the, the blip or whatever they call it um, in the MCU. It was it's always interesting to see more of that, like what we saw in the beginning of uh, Far From Home and uh, for our end game, and then and then you're seeing it now in other in other stories. And um, this was great cool at see. like depicting the weight of it, whereas Spider Man did it in a kind of comedic way. Yeah, sort of like, shows it oh, now our classmates aren't our classmates, and look at this tuba guy getting hit, but this was like, oh shit, you've just missed your mother's death. You've got people waking up in beds next to people that they don't know and stuff like that. And I really like how they've not just kind of forgot that now that the Infinity Saga's done. It's that they're still showing the aftermath of it and the the fallout of it and and how it's affected people. Because obviously this big catastrophic event would have affected people and where they are now. So obviously how it how it hits Monica Rambo with that in the hospital was really, really strong. Um, I think that's gonna carry on like that'll probably be a theme for like the next like four or five movies, you know, after um avengers how the battle of new york was sort of mentioned a lot and how that changed a lot of people's lives like that was the introduction of like superheroes and aliens to the world this was like half of the fucking planet disappeared and we're still picking up the pieces now so i think we're going to see that theme a lot for a while and before we move on to more about what we think's been set up off the back of this and where we think it's going um we have to talk about another very important character that we we've we've kind of mentioned but not mentioned. Ralph Boner. <laughs> Boner. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you think of that? Um, <laughs> what did you? The think? name was stupid, but it was a good laugh. It was a good um, laugh, and it's one of the whole things where it's just like he's nobody. It's just they've cast Evan Peters in this role, and he just turned out to be Quicksilver. You know, yeah, when he was being controlled. Yeah, um, is he going to be left over with superpowers afterwards? We don't know. Um, but that was, like I was saying, it was just a play by Marvel to pull the rug from under us like and it was like i love the fact that they did it i i understand why people are annoyed by it because it's like it's probably like the people who are really into his character from the x-men films and stuff like that and who were like super excited when they found out that he was in the show it's like bringing in the multiverse bro we're finally getting the good version of quicksilver all this (laughs) sort of stuff it's like that's not what this was about, but I understand why you're upset, but at the same time, just appreciate the fact that this company were able to fake out the entire fucking world that were watching this. It was such a big deal because it was like, I, our friend like Richard on Get Real, I'm going to call him out on this, I'm going to call him out, <laughs> that he didn't realise that Evan Peters was the Quicksilver from the X-Men. So he was like, yeah, it was a good episode. And I was like do you understand why it's a good episode? <laughs> and he was like, no, no, I don't, you know, Naylor freak, his girlfriend freaked out, but I was like, bro, you need to watch this YouTube clip right now from X-Men first class and, you know, whatever, get what's going on. Yeah. Days was that the one way saving everyone from the, um, the man from Xavier School, then, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So Charlotte didn't really get what was going on, and I was freaking out. So afterwards, I showed her that clip as well. I was like, "Yo!" But it was like <laughs> such a big moment because that was the first time in an MCU property, other than Sony and Spider Man, 
where they've brought in something and and acknowledged it and yeah this is the quicksilver from the x-men and it's like oh my god they put it in an mcu thing but then it's like ah i see what you did there you're gonna want to set up you're gonna you're gonna drop these things in in the multiverse films you're gonna do it in multiverse of madness and no way from home you're gonna you, 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 no way you, from home no way home <laughs> Will he find his way home? Who, who no way far from no no way am I this far from home? <laughs> no way am I far from this homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the logical conclusion of the joke we were trying to make. But, um, but yeah, that's it. This is like kind of teased you to be alright with it. Because that's what Marvel tend to do. They don't like drop you in like immediately straight dip away. Dip the toe. They dip the toe in with WandaVision. Put you in the shallow end first. They'll dip the toe in with WandaVision, and then when we get No Way Home and bloody... uh, The the, the villains from the... um, I don't know, I'm losing my mind. What's From the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, when the villains from the Sam Raimi trilogy turn up in Electro and they've come from other... Then you're ready for it. Then you'll accept it. Um... So that's Ralph Boner talked through anyway. Right, so let's talk about where this leaves off, right? And let's talk about what this means. So we've already spoke a little bit about how it sets up at the end. We get the scroll who speaks to Monica Rambeau. Uh, that sets up Captain Marvel and Secret Invasion quite clearly. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is obviously we know that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So... Does this, at the end of uh, WandaVision, we get, obviously, she is the Scarlet Witch now, which we'll, which to, to quickly, before we move on, yes, they have a moment where they say, you are the Scarlet Witch. It felt weird in episode eight. Like you said, yeah. like, yeah, you said to me, it was just like, that was a dumb line. But then once it's explained in episode nine, it's not as weird. No, it um, needed a little bit. It needed that explanation at the end of that episode, just a little bit, just to soften that a little bit. But it was yeah. a bit like some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> You're some kind of Scarlet Witch. <laughs> this is some kind of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> is this some sort of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Arms? Singing here. <laughs> oh, God. We're some kind of guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, they and had that moment at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Tom Holland. Who are you, abs- imbeciles? We're the guardians of the fucking galaxy, bitch. The, the, if, there, if Tom Holland does not say, oh man, there's no way home now. <laughs> 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 or if Doctor Strange turns around because he's he's got the he's, he's like the- this multiverse is fucking mad, bro. Because <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange is he said Endgame before the film was even announced, right? So so did Tony Stark as well, though. Yeah, they they were they knew they knew when he said we're in the Endgame now. Then he's gonna say this is we're in the multiverse of madness now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So where do you think? <laughs> Uh, Scarlet Witch is going from here, right? Well, as we were talking, like at the ending, and you see her in the. She goes, she kind of accepts everything. She goes off and she goes and lives in a cabin on her own, right? Which was like mm-hmm. the post post credit sequence. Um, which I'm glad that 
I'll let you know about that because I feel like we maybe a lot of us would have just watched that first post credit sequence and then kind of switched it off. But I just kind of skimmed ahead a little bit and just thought, oh, we'll we'll just make we'll just make sure there's nothing else right at the end. Yeah, um, there had to be some sort of like where Wanda went after that for her to end up in Doctor Strange. So I was thinking it like I was like there has to be something extra. So the thing is, is that she's got that book right, and she's learning about how she can be the Scarlet. How like what does being the Scarlet Witch mean? And doesn't it kind like I know she was set up as a villain in this, but does this have the potential? And I'm not saying it will, but does it have the potential to set her up as a villain again in the next Doctor in Doctor Strange? I'm thinking she might be one of the antagonists, or maybe an unfortunate antagonist who whose story is somewhat resolved, bringing her on to Doctor Strange's side almost. Because yeah. um, I thought, like the way it ended, and like how she, like they almost like give her closure and end her on like this lighter note when like she was able to like help everyone out but she was the it's revealed that she was the one doing it all the all the way along and she has caused a lot of pain yeah um and you see that when she walks back through westview and people still Um, look at her like that like her perception of people's perception of her hasn't changed and the viewers the our perception of has changed that's what's happened but the and you know the monica rambo's perception of has changed and and all that but the way people look at her hasn't, and the way the FBI, well, yeah, the way the FBI probably look at her hasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like they did end her on sort of a middle ground. Like she's very much not liked by the public, and if any of this goes like public on the news or anything as well, like she was already in the bad books for. Lagos. Um, L- Lagos, and then obviously not signing the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Um. So she already had this negative stigma around her, and then she's done this. If any of this goes out into the wider world, then she will be very much like outed as like, and she won't be trusted by the public. Even though she might not do villainous things, she won't be seen as a hero in the public's eye. But then that post-credit scene. she seemed so dark in that also i'm trying to figure out where is she there is she back in sokovia or because this did like lend like it it had a lot of the imagery from avengers disassembled which obviously went into house of m this was nothing like house of m i don't think um except for like a pocket reality type thing there's kind of that but after that it leads into the children's crusade and at the beginning of that, she is in um, Latveria. She's trying to live a normal life in Latveria, which is where Doctor Doom resides. Uh, so okay. is this... Because we know Fantastic Four's coming. Are they going to introduce Latveria as that's where she is? Because it looks more like that landscape. Or is it going to be Sokovia? It's going to be one or the other. Yeah, so that's think- where she is geographically. Yeah. I think... Because she was able, she was astral projecting, but she was also being able to have a conscious form. Because we saw when Doctor Strange astral projects, his physical form is unconscious. Mm. So, like, they, it was basically the same clip of you know when Doctor Strange is learning and he's like studying in his astral form while his body is sleeping. 
Yeah. Whereas her other form was conscious. It was like keeping up a front. So if anybody is keeping tabs on her, they think she's just living like a normal remorseful life. Mm. But she did not seem happy. It was a very dark ending. We saw like some like magic going on. She was like all encompassed in the dark hold, which is the book of the damned. Mm. I think she's going to dig deeper in that. And we heard the twins crying out for help. And that last line that she had with them, thanks for choosing her, I think she's realized that they are something else other than just her children. Mm. Um, I think she's going to maybe be an antagonist, but trying to do what she thinks is the right thing the same way she did in this. I think she's still dealing, like, her emotional journey isn't finished yet. Hmm. So I reckon maybe in Doctor Strange, she might fall into sort of like an antagonist role because she's trying to get the boys back. Mm. And it's good that we have things like WandaVision now and Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, Ms. Marvel, to fill these gaps. Like, mm-hmm. if you said to me, and we've, we've spoken about, we've had the same conversation about Star Wars, that three, four years ago, when the MCU was like, getting to the peak like if you'd said to me that there's going to be like four tv series come out in a year four different um properties come out in the year that is also going to tie in four different films coming out in the year you'd, mm-hmm. you'd be like nah bro like the mcu is like one film a year thing but now that we've got even more backstory, but the important thing about all of this is that backstory is accessible for people now. Yeah. Whereas before you would be like, oh, she was doing this in the, you know, in the comics and that's where, that's where she's been in between these films. Mm-hmm. But now you've got that greater understanding for everybody now. And you've got the ability to do it in bite-sized chunks as well. Like one, like the T, like a TV series where people can get it. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you try to explain, like, oh, that House of M happened, or there's a little nod here to, um, not House of M, but the whole Wonder and Vision thing, that mm-hmm. if you had a nod to that, and if she just mentioned in Doctor Strange that she had kids, or if she dropped the whole, like, their names, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then you it wouldn't mean anything to a lot of people or a lot of people would just be confused. But now that you've got something like that, it means something. And yeah. I think now we're probably gonna we're probably going into newer Marvel films, i.e. things like the Eternals and things that are a bit more out there. High concept. High concept stuff, yeah, exactly. I think that we're we're ready now for people to have that because of what can be set up. Mm-hmm. You know, you've set up scrolls. You've set up, you've set up the multiverse, kind of. You've set up the fact that Scarlet Witch can have her own reality, a little pocket dimension, and recreate a person that died inside yeah. of it, like, and give herself children. You know what I mean? If you're accepting of that now in the MCU, anything can happen. Yeah, and. I think that's probably where we'll leave it for the week. Unless there's anything yeah. else you want to touch on? Um, not really. I just wanted to reiterate how amazing everyone's performances were in it. Like, it was genuinely such a well-shot, well-crafted show. 
Yeah, hundred and like the attention to detail in the previous eras was so good. Like mm-hmm. the fact that the the latest one was like a Modern Family ripoff was a really good direction. Um, you know, it was good. It was really good. also just check out all the little Easter eggs that were in there. Like we talked about some of them, like setting up Mephisto and stuff like that. But like even the fact that the music was the Devil's Interval and stuff like that, like. It was the attention to detail and the attention to them building up so much to try and fake everyone out to pull the rug so that you would pay attention to the true tragedy was like, oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. Chef's kiss. What would you give it out of 10? We normally give these things sort of a score if we can. Um, hmm. I would say like up until about episode... How many episodes was this thing? Was it nine? Nine episodes. I'd say up until episode seven, it was a 10 out of 10. I'd maybe say with just the last two episodes and then feeling it like a whole package, I'd probably say a nine out of 10. Just because I was one of those people expecting a big cameo. And I was expecting things to... My expectation was MCU and not Marvel TV. You get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I would probably say a, a solid, solid 9 out of 10. Very, very solid 9 out of 10. What would Which, you give it? I mean, you you can't complain. You're giving it a 9 out of 10, even though it defied so many expectations that you built up. Yeah. Like The fact that it could shatter, like you said, your expectations and you still liked it that much... Like just oh yeah yeah because that didn't ruin it. I was thinking yeah like nine out of ten. Yeah, it didn't ruin it for me at all. It was definitely not what I was expecting, but I get why. You know what I mean? I understand it. It's just the the kid in me wanted to like see something really big happen. Yeah, like yeah. But I feel like if all these things had come, it would have just undercut everything. Like, imagine Doctor Strange appearing during that final battle, and then he would have just won the fight, wouldn't he? Yeah, and then exactly, she hasn't exactly. learned anything. Well, do you reckon maybe uh, Mephisto could be a Doctor Strange villain? That's where I'm thinking maybe. We know it might be Nightmare is the villain, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see quite a lot of these like demonic, magical-based entities be set up in this. So you could have maybe Nightmare and Mephisto maybe even merged into one or both acting at the same time, and that's where Wanda gets wrapped up, and that's why the multiverse is expanding and stuff like that. Mephisto has always seemed to me like it would be in a Doctor Strange film. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think Mephisto would be a better way for them to go rather than Nightmare almost, but I think Sam Raimi being coming from the horror background as well, he can do something really good with Nightmare. So maybe they merge the two together or they... They have them both in there in like equal parts and Wanda gets all wrapped up inside of it. That would be a really cool way of doing it. Cool. Awesome. And that is where we'll leave it. So uh, make sure you let us know what you thought of WandaVision. Where did it sit for you? Uh, were you happy about the twists? Were you not happy about the twists? Let us know. Uh, make sure you follow us at Get Real Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also reach out to us uh, on email if you are so inclined at getrealpoduk at gmail.com. Uh, Chris, how can people support the pod? Best way to support the podcast as always, is to leave us a rate and review on whatever platform you listen to us on. If you head over to Podchaser, leave us a rate and review on there. It'll syndicate it to all the other platforms. Follow us on Spotify. Um, share us out. Try and get us back up those leaderboards on um, 
iTunes, especially in Israel. That's where we were popping off, apparently. Um, I really appreciate all the support that everyone's been giving us on social medias as well. I've had uh, a couple of old friends from high school message me saying that our podcast had popped up on their Instagram feeds and stuff like that in like the Discovery page and stuff, and oh, they awesome. messaged me. I haven't spoken to them since high school. And they they popped up messaging me just there like, I can't believe you guys are doing a podcast and it's going so well. Like they were dead chuffed for us. So yeah, clearly someone's sharing us out, which is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, but that is honestly the best way to support the podcast as well is to share us on your social medias. And don't forget to support the guys over at the Get Real Gaming podcast as well. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be discussing this week, but... I'm sure it's no doubt going to be cool. They might touch on maybe the uh, Call of Duty League, which is uh, finishing its first major as we speak right now, the final. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The semi-finals are happening right now. Uh, that's why we haven't watched many films, because we've been watching the CDL. <laughs> um, but next week, I think we've confirmed that we're going to be talking about Raya and The Last Dragon, which I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, maybe um, a bit of Coming to yeah. America. Com- coming to... Do you reckon they're going to do a third one? Coming, coming Free America? Coming <laughs> set America Free... <laughs> Coming to a, <laughs> coming to a free America, free in make America. America three again. <laughs> <laughs> On which note, we'll shoot off. Uh, keep safe and take care. See you later, everyone. Bye bye now. We're Wonder Vision. We're Wonder Vision. Wonder Wonder Vision. Bam get, bam. We need a bam, cool bam. theme like that. Could get real. Could, could get. No, oh, that's just that's get just real. another that's just another get podcast. Real. Get, 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 get real podcast. Get real podcast. Get, 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 get real. <laughs> to me, to you. You, to me. All right, let's end it.